All right, guys, we made it to episode 22 of the Homestead Shop Talk podcast with Ben from Holler Homestead, Al from Lemon Acres, and myself, Jason, from Sow the Land. And if you're new to this podcast, um, I assume that you listen to all of our individual or you watch all of our individual YouTube channels. Um, and it's just, I guess this is, it's kind of turning into like a behind the scenes, I guess, like kind of what we're doing throughout our week and kind of talking about stuff too, of we don't necessarily talk about or show on our individual channels. So I think it's pretty cool. Um, because there's so much more to what, I mean, you guys see, you know, the audience sees a 10, 15 minute video and there's so much more into it that we do. So, um, I think we all kind of enjoy these podcasts, but, uh, uh, this week we're just going to be talking about our week and, uh, seeing what's going on. I'll go first. We started building a new barn, doing a 32 by 48 post and beam kind of style barn. We're doing it, uh, Claire span. So no beams or walls that have to be there in the center of the barn. Like we'll add rows and barn stalls and stuff like that, but it's going to be clear span. So that way we can change it up for what we're having for animals at the time. I hate, I shouldn't say I hate, but I don't want to be limited to having a barn that has, you know, designated stalls where you got to have a wall here for structural reasons. So we wanted to design it so it's clear span and then we can figure out how we can add what we want at the time because i know like it's always different for different seasons like in the winter time we want to make sure we can do deep bedding for the cows and the sheep and the goats and kind of have them together but then cleaning that clean it out come springtime and then if we're lambing we want to be able to have a place to have the lambs and piglets and stuff like that so we're trying to build a barn that will grow with us i guess if that makes sense yeah so we're kind of yep that's we're smart. Open. Yeah, we're open and we're looking for ideas for the barn layout for the inside. Like just different different ways to kind of set it up for now, but keep it module at the same time. Like you think installs type of stuff? Kind of, sort of, but I, I guess maybe like a pen would be better. A pen, I, I guess, like a module pen. I definitely want to have a chicken coop. So I, ha- I feel like the chicken coop will be like its own room. But then in the springtime, when the chickens go back out on pasture, we can use the chicken coop for a brooder and raise our like our meat bird chicks in there. And then if we're getting a new batch of egg layers, we can raise them up in there. But I want to be able to the, the big one is to be able to do deep bedding with the cows and the goats and the sheep, and be able to have that all winter, and then be able to put like piglets in there and pigs in the deep bedding, and then be able to clean it out. So we want to get more into sheep in the future. So we want we want to be able to breed the sheep. We want to be able to have a place for, you know, like the springtime lambs. And then if we get into pigs, have a place for all that. In our winters, I don't think an open barn would be feasible. So it's trying to figure out, is there a way to do both? Like have it so it can be open half the year and close it up. So like right now, it's 48 feet long and we have every eight feet. I have a six by six post and the posts are 10 foot tall. And then we have our big header going across. And then on the 32 foot long wall, that's the gable end. We have 10 feet. So from this post to this post is 10 feet from outside to outside. And then we have 12 feet. So in between the two posts is 12 feet. So if I want to put a livestock gate, I can put a livestock gate in here and it'll be able to close and swing freely. And then on the other side of that, it's another 10 foot post to post. So I'm thinking I want to be able to have a livestock gate, but I also think I got to make barn doors. So in the wintertime, if it's like 20 below zero or 40 below zero Fahrenheit, if we need to close the barn doors, because it's super cold, we can. But then in the nicer weather, we can keep the barn doors open and yeah. keep some good airflow going. So I guess that's kind of the dilemma I'm trying to process maybe, right maybe make it as many walls as you can like just sliding so you could just yeah open and close them something like that be really but cool. we also we're going with a yeah i'm just trying i i'm just trying to plan it's hard to do but i'm trying to plan so it can grow with us if that makes sense 
Um, oh yeah, we did a like a like your building, Jason, that you did with the single pitch roof. So we're doing. We did a. We got trusses coming. We did a three twelve pitch roof, and it's gonna be. So we got ten foot tall six by sixes, and then the front of the barn to the peak is gonna be like eighteen and a half feet high, and then it'll go to the back. But the reason we did that so is if we want to add on, we can drop the pitch in the front and then go this angle if we want, ever wanted to add more stalls. I think that's the hard thing when you're trying to work with a budget and work with what you have for time and ideas, but you don't want to like pigeonhole yourself into this one this one thing. You want you want to be able to grow. So it's I don't know, it's trying to work all that stuff out. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, because you can't predict the future and you don't want to overdo it either and spend right. a bunch of money and you're like, dang. But I don't know. I, I don't think you would ever, you probably wouldn't ever like, oh, this is too big. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You definitely would probably say, oh, this is way too small. You know? Right. Yep. Hopefully the food movement gets bigger and bigger and we can start growing more and more, but time will tell with that. And I guess we, we never know what'll happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm all stuff, stuffed up. It's starting to get cold here. It was like 30, I think, for a high, and it said it felt like 18. So I've been outside working in the wind all day. So, Did you get snow yet? Uh, we had some snow flurries this morning, and it's been sticking, but we haven't got like any accumulation yet. I think they're calling for two inches of snow tomorrow or Wednesday. Yeah, that's probably the storm we're getting right now. Okay. So you'll get like a half inch or a quarter of inch of rain, maybe? Uh, depends on right. which weather app you look at. One of my weather apps says we're going to get two inches tomorrow. So bring it. You could use that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, depends on who you listen to. They also yeah. say tornadoes are coming. So, you know, there's that too. So <laughs> You don't want that. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. Our, our neighbor told us. You know, our neighbors, they lived here like their whole lives. And they're, they're in their 70s, but they noticed one time there was an actual tornado that was here. And like they had to go and uh, every, like all the neighbors, because I guess we're the only house that has a basement. So all the neighbors all came to this house <laughs> and stayed in the basement for a little bit. <laughs> I was like, wow, really? I can't imagine. I mean, That's this is cool. probably like in the 80s or something. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess I, guess I know where everyone's coming. If we have <laughs> He's knocking on my door. All the food they'd have. I know. All the food's there. <laughs> so I got a question for you, you guys. Do you guys look out for Black Friday deals for the homestead? Sometimes. Ooh. I think those are hard. Like, <laughs> Unless like lumber's on on for sale, or <laughs> it's usually something that I I I really need, but it's not on sale. It's usually not on sale. Not on sale. <laughs> yeah, tools. that's, that's kind of tools how are I'm a big one. It. I look for tools. Yeah, if there's if there's something I need generally throughout the year, like I'll just buy it. Um, and so come Black Friday, yep. I don't know. There's very rarely anything that is like, yep, this is the time to buy it wait all year. Uh, I was actually going through all my, my spam emails today and, you know, everybody's sending out all of their, Oh, black Friday starts, you know, now buy, buy, buy all that stuff. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Black Friday. I forget. Like we've been so unplugged from the matrix for so long. Like I don't worry about it anymore. Uh, you know, if I need a tool, yeah. Generally, I buy it, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the age I'm at. I'm finally to the point where I don't need a whole lot of tools. Um, if something breaks, I replace it. Um, but ah, generally, I'm I'm kind of I'm more about the uh, the estate sales. Like if, if there's something I want, we're gonna go to an estate sale and see if I could buy it cheap. Mm. So yeah, I, I guess I've I've moved on from Black Friday. I guess I wouldn't. Just, I guess not really just Black Friday, but I know like for me right now, Home Depot always has the tools on sale. So it's like, yeah, that gets me in trouble. Like right now, there's a lot of Milwaukee stuff, like half price. And it's like, ooh, I better stay out of that aisle when I'm going to Home Depot. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right around this time, I, I start getting the itch and yep. start being like, you know what? I'm going to go visit Home Depot. <laughs> the best thing to do, though, if you're looking for tools, go online for Home Depot. 
you can mm. find the sales online a lot easier than you can in a store. Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so like right now, they're having if you buy two batteries, which is normally the price of one battery, you get two batteries for the price of one and you get a free tool. That's a good deal. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would say if anybody is looking for um, meat equipment like grinders and stuff, I don't know if you ever guys have heard of Meet Your Maker that new brand of like meat grinders and just different processing stuff. They got yeah. some good deals going on right now. Are they pretty good stuff? It looks to me, I haven't used it yet. Um, looks to me like their grinder is identical to the Cabela's brand. Mm. Yeah. And we have, we have a Cabela's, but it looks, it looks identical. So I don't know if when Cabela's and Bass Pro Shop merged, if somebody went out and, took over the, the Cabela's line or something and just rebranded it. Yeah. But um, the guys from the Bearded Butchers, they've been using it for a few years now. Oh, okay. But yeah. I was, I was intrigued because it, it's not just the meat brand. It's other brands now. They have a dual grind, so it'll grind the coarse and the fine all in one pass. Nice. So I was like, ooh, that's pretty nice. Because that's what takes the longest time. They have meat slicers? They do. And they're I'm pretty sure they're on sale right now. Yeah. That's probably something we should get. They get the vacuum sealers and everything. And they get there the meat logs. Those come in so handy. Have to reach out to them, see if they'll sponsor the podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know, right? Are we at that point already? <laughs> Hey, we're in the top one percent hey. now. You never know. Yeah, Twenty-two right? episodes. Like, <laughs> find a sponsor. Any any sponsors out there listening? Now, yeah. now would be the time to speak every, up. Right. You, <laughs> you gotta send a yeah a meat slicer to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll try it out. That'd be great. Yeah, we got a meat slicer a few years ago, and that's kind of been the, a nice difference for making your own bacon to be able to slice it what what thickness you want. Yeah, we actually just got a new meat slicer. Like a like a real meat slicer, and uh, man, that is so nice doing you know all the the cured meats, the copas and stuff like that. You slice them so thin you can see daylight through them. Uh, a good slicer is worth mm -hmm. the price. Now, do you guys ever think about getting a bandsaw for meat? We have actually had that question. We had that question at our last class. Um, a couple people were like, "Hey, like you know, how do you feel about a bandsaw?" Um, I don't use a bandsaw now. Uh, I suppose if I really wanted uh, one bad enough, I could go clean up my bandsaw down in the shop, um, clean it up real good and get a stainless blade for it and all that. And I could, I could cut up meat on that thing, but uh, everything that I want to cut, I can cut with a handsaw, you know, it just takes longer. So I don't know. Yep. It's one of those things. If, if a bandsaw were to fall in my lap, I would probably, you know, use it, but as it is now, I don't need it now. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily I so. want one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, that was what it was at the class. And there's a guy who also loves going to estate sales and he's like, no, if you found one, would you get it? And it's like, well, you know, if the price is right, get it for, you know, 50, hundred bucks, something like that. Yeah, I could, uh, sure. I'll be the proud owner of a meat bandsaw, but. I don't know. It's it's not a real I mean, I see high getting, on the priority list. Yeah, I mean, I could see getting one if you had like a really specific, like if it was a permanent there, like a permanent uh, butcher uh, room or something like that. The only thing I miss with not having a bandsaw is if you carry your own hams is not being able to cut ham steak. Yeah. Like where I'd like, oh, a bandsaw would be that. But other than that, I really don't think I would ever use it that much. It seems like it'd be a lot of cleanup. Especially just for ham steaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're longer longer cleaning it up. What'd you get into, Ben, this week? All right. So I uh I started skirting this mobile home finally. Uh everybody said, Yay. Yeah, I uh finally decided to tackle that project. Um honestly it's you know, it's a couple day project, but there's everything else that goes on in between um 
you know, all the behind the scenes, like we were talking about a little bit ago, the, uh, the stuff that has to get done period. So, you know, we just did this two pig workshop. Well, there's all the stuff that isn't even necessarily on YouTube, um, that we do, you know, there's the curing of the, the bacon and the smoking of the bacon, which I was smoking bacon today and yesterday. Um, just a whole bunch of stuff like that, uh, dealing with, you know, the liver, uh, making liver pate and stuff like that. All the things that we do, the things that, you know, we eat that honestly has to be dealt with sooner than later. Um, that's all the stuff we've been working on behind the scenes. You know, I've, I've officially been doing the, uh, the skirting project, but there's been a whole bunch of stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. Uh, it's just a busy time of year. I mean, I think that's what it is. It's just a busy time of year. Uh, any, when you start putting your animals in the freezer, there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes with it. Um, you know, seasoning sausage and making sausage patties, all the stuff that Meg is like constantly doing in this kitchen. Uh, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's, it's the, it's the magic that's happening behind the scenes, I guess. Uh, so that for the most part is what has been occupying the past week is, uh, you know, all of the behind the scenes, uh, food prep and stuff like that. Uh, I, I guess, you know, when you're staring at it, you know, this is this year's pork, this coming year's pork that we're putting in the freezer. So you do all the work up front and then you can enjoy it later. And so that's, that's what we're currently working through. Yeah. Are you framing out the, you're framing out the skirt with like two by fours and stuff? Yeah. Um, I had originally wanted to pour like a footing and I said to heck with that idea, that's going to take too long. So I'm just laying down <laughs> solid block and putting the framing right on top of it. Um, it's still like light years better than what was on this thing when we got here. Um, and I think what's funny is I'm, I'm a little more than halfway done right now. And just having the outside edges of this thing, uh, just framed up, you know, it's, I'm not jacking up and setting the sides on two by fours. They're just tight. You know, you stand that two by four up and it's uh tight and not going to go anywhere. Just doing that on two sides of this thing. Now it is so much more stable. Uh, there's, I think it's uh one of the boys, one of the older boys, whenever he gets in and out of his bed on the opposite end of the house, I can feel if I'm in bed, I can feel if he's getting out of bed. And since we shored up, you know, all this stuff that is since stopped and it's like, Wow, it's it's really still in this house now. This is kind of cool. Are you putting any kind of insulation behind it at all? No, probably not. Um, you know what they had on this thing before was essentially just like a heavy duty tarp. Um, the jankiest thing I've ever seen. Mm. Um, you know, all my water lines are already insulated. I've got heat tape and all that stuff. So pretty much this is just to stop oh, the wind. Yeah. Once you stop the wind, it makes a huge difference. I think what's funny is the sides that I've put the skirting on already. Those are the sides that the wind blows from. And, you know, we almost always have a breeze out here on the nights that we've had a little bit of wind. I noticed that the floor is already warmer, just, you know, blocking that breeze from blowing through. So it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. It's more of one of those things I'm like, how did it take me this long to do this project? This is such an easy project. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I remember the uh, the mobile home that we used to have. It had a skirting, but it wasn't. Um, I mean, it was attached on there pretty good, but it wasn't like uh, framed in by two by fours. So when we sold the the property, the person who's buying it, their lender or whatever, they were like. In order for you to buy this house, you there needs to be framed skirting behind that skirting. Oh, like you can't gosh. just be there. And I'm like, what? So I took it was like a I don't think I I didn't even film that. I didn't even I didn't even I don't think I've ever talked about that because it was, it was something that I needed to get done like now. Yep. If we wanted to sell that house. And so um I got uh 
I heard our friend, my other friend, Ben, Ben Holt. And uh, me and him in one, I think in one day, we knocked it out. Like we just framed in the whole skirting. We took the whole, the old skirting off, framed it and put the old skirting back on <laughs> and just did the bare bones of what they wanted. I was like, man, this is so, it was so ridiculous. But. Yeah, it's it's really easy uh, looking at it. It's like, man, I feel like I could have got this whole thing done already. But, you know, there's been a lot of like, honestly, I think I've only got like two hours a day to work on it every day that I've worked on it. Um, I've been at Lowe's every day. And so, you know, it's like get up, do chores, <laughs> eat breakfast, go to Lowe's, get everything I need, get back, don't get started till noon. Yeah. You know, and somewhere in there, I'm taking the boys to work. Yeah. So it's just like, man, this is this is taking way longer than than it should. Yeah, you can spend a whole eight hours at Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. It's just uh, that's been all I've been working on. Um, uh, I took down a tree in the woods uh, yesterday. That was kind of fun. Great big old, great big old sweet gum that needed to come out. It was like, I don't know, oh, maybe like 18 inch diameter sweet gum. It's about a hundred feet tall. Uh, that was, that was fun. Uh, I haven't really taken down a lot of big trees like that. I mean, it wasn't a huge tree, but it's still pretty, pretty stinking heavy. It definitely shakes, big. shakes the ground when it hits the ground. What'd you take the tree, that tree down for? <laughs> was there a reason or? Um, because it is the site of a future hobbit hole out in the woods uh uh in case people didn't know like my children are very very enthusiastic lord of the rings fans and uh brett you know he's the 14 year old he has it in his head he's gonna build a hobbit hole and so he's like he's got his plans and he's got his ideas of how he's gonna build it uh every time i talk to him the price is like going up higher and higher um, you know, it's going to take a lot of cinder block and a lot of digging, <laughs> a lot of concrete, maybe a lot of metal, um, just, just to build the thing. I mean, we're talking like a three bedroom, two bath house dug under the, the hillside here. It's like, come on, man. Like you said, hobbit hole. I'm thinking like, you know, a little, little thing, like you can live in this thing. So we'll see. He, it might change when he starts digging. He might, you know, reality might set in, but. This this one sweet gum was right in the way, so it was like, yeah, I'll take it out for you. So that was what we did yesterday. Cool. So, um, so just an hour ago, I just got back from butchering six turkeys. Um, we got a late start today, <laughs> <laughs> plus it started sprinkling on us, and we still have to bag the turkeys. So that's tomorrow's tomorrow morning project. But, uh, um. Yeah, we had six of our heritage uh, breed brown turkeys that we got from a local farm, and we—I think they were like twenty-five weeks. I mean, they were—they were getting older, and I was like, "Man, I'm done." Like, I don't think they're really—they're pretty. I mean, compared to the white turkeys we did last month, they are like probably half their size, like um, big big chickens. Basically, I mean the. The the males, I, there, I think there was two males and the rest were were ladies, but um, they were in, still a nice size. I don't, I'm, I'm betting they're maybe thirteen, maybe fifteen pounds. But um, the other, the lady um, turkeys, they were like, <laughs> yeah, those definitely were big chickens. So I'm glad I, I was just done feeding them. I was just like, I'm done. <laughs> like this is butcher them, so. I'm glad that's kind of out of the way, but man, I feel you on that. I mean, oh, the uh, yeah, I'm ready to move on. <laughs> They're not getting any bigger. Uh, so we did the um fencing, hundred foot long fence. It felt like I did like a thousand, but it was only a hundred feet, <laughs> and that was a gr a good experience. I mean, I'm glad I only did 100 feet because, um, you know, just to get familiar with everything and stretching it out and make sure, making sure I have the proper tools and, you know, pounding in T-posts and stuff like that. So um, I'm continuing that. 
Um, I finished that hundred feet, but then I, it's kind of like a corner of my property where usually dogs would come in on that little area. So I'm trying to just kind of go section by section, I guess. I'm not buying a ton of material all at once. You know, I'm just kind of going, like buying it as I'm going. I broke down and bought a, a gas power T-post pounder. You did. <laughs> I used it for the first time today. You know, I got, uh, it's a Titan one. They have different ones, like different, um, I guess, I guess what makes them more expensive than not, of course, it's the, it's how powerful they are, but it's the motor. Like some of them come with Honda motors and some of them don't. They're just like generic motors. I ended up getting one with a Honda motor. It pounds a T-post. <laughs> it works pretty good. Yeah, um, those things are crazy. It's pretty neat what it does. Are you using it for something else other than T-posts? Is there like an up-and-coming project you have planned for this? Yes. Actually, I didn't just get it for the T-posts. Nice. <laughs> because, we, yeah, I just got a high tunnel this week. And, you know, where we want to put it is the hardest <laughs> ground in the world. I might as well be putting it on a slab of rock. Yep. Um so I thought, I'm not going to be pounding, you know, you get a pound in those, uh, you know, pole, those metal poles for the high tunnel. Yep. And I thought, man, if I'm going to get something, <laughs> I'm, I probably should get one of those pounders and I can use it for the T-posts also. Because what I saw too, I, I never noticed or never thought of is people are using, not those pounders, but they're using... um what are they called like an air hammer um like an sds yes it's an air hammer and they there's like an attachment you could do for those um round like fence poles and you stick this attachment in and you stick it inside the pole the hole and you press it and it's like a, it'll it'll sink it in the ground i guess that's a cheaper 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 way to go um if you have one of those but i thought man i don't know I should just get a, a pounder because I felt like this ground is going to be really hard. It seemed like if my ground's more soft, then that might be, that would probably work. Yeah, we had to unload that. It was like 1,700 pound high tunnel. It came in a big old truck and we had to take it off the pallet by one piece by piece. Piece by yep. piece. Yep. Just that was how we off. did ours. And it was like, man, it was a workout. Like, yeah. It was just me and Lorraine. <laughs> And I mean, the, the driver, he, he helped some, but you know, it was for the most part, it was just, it was just us just pulling it off. You know, so it was like that night I was like, Oh my gosh, I felt like, you know, I got ran over. Got your workout in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm excited to start that. Um, I haven't started it yet. So, um, I guess I'm probably going to end up starting that like in the coldest month, <laughs> Yep. but it's a kit. So, you know, everything's there, so I, I shouldn't have to cut anything or even the wood. It came with wood. So everything should be there. So I'm excited about that. I think that's, that's going to be a neat project to do. Did you go with Farmer's Friend? Yep. Nice. Farmer's Friend. It yeah, was one of I, their um, newer high tunnels kind of just came out with. Because I know yours are Farmer's Friend, right, Ben? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we like it. I'd say the hardest thing about building it was... Uh, getting the screws to screw in where they're supposed to. Um, they even sent like uh, the bits to drive the screws. Uh, like they thought of everything, everything was included. Um, I, I had to get a better yeah. bit to drive the screws. And once I, once I did that, like that was literally the only hang up I had with the entire project. The instructions are clear, like the instructions are great. And then if you don't like that, you can go watch their video. They have a dedicated video on YouTube of how to build, you know, your specific yeah. tunnel. I mean, it was just, it was great. So really easy. Um, watch the video first and you can probably build the whole thing in a day. And if you need help, yeah, I like mean, so I've done it I... once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, they're very organized. I noticed that right away. Like their palette was just—it's like it was numbered, color coded. Uh, yep. The directions that they have is like all in color. It's like a directions. It's like it's almost like a book. Like you just you want to keep it 
and put yeah. it on your shelf or something. I put everything in our barn and it's just kind of sitting there until I can get to it. I'm, I'm waiting to get at a good stopping point with this fence. I'm not going to complete my whole fence, but you know, just to get to a, a good stopping point and be like, all right, let's move on to the next project. And then probably go back and forth between those projects or something. That was the greenhouse just for vegetables. Or are you going to be using it for winter housing at all for any animals? I'd like to put some chickens in there. Um, at least. I don't know. We'll kind of see. But then I also don't want to ruin it either. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of want to keep it a high tunnel. You know, I don't want to have to put wood in there or like, you know, poultry net, you know, poultry wire in there or something and to, you know, keep critters out. Like I would hate to turn it into a giant chicken coop. Right. I feel like it's too nice for that. Um, so maybe if I have something separate and have it for kind of animals, I still want to do like a pig shelter like I had at the old property. Um, Did you leave that up? Do one property? Why'd you take that all down? I, I sold it okay. with the property. With the property, yep. Yeah, that's one thing I kind of regret. Yep. I, I guess I didn't realize how expensive everything was going to be. <laughs> right. And now I wish yep. I would have just kept it. Because I even sold it for, I didn't really, you know, didn't sell it for uh, inflation prices. <laughs> I sold it for what I paid for it. Right. So... But now I kind of regret it. And, and I'm curious to see. I'm curious if if the people are actually using it. They I hope they it are. back to a carport. Would, yeah. Or they just, it's just sitting there still all getting tore up. It'd be interesting. You know, I, I think about that. Like, what if, like, I find out down the road that this property, that oh, my old property is, like, for sale again? And then I'll, like, go down there and shoot video and, and show, like, what it looks like. <laughs> I think that would be neat if I could do that, but I don't know. Uh, that's like a rule. Maybe. Like, but... <laughs> once you leave a place that, you know, you loved, you got to let it go. Got to let it go. Uh, I know. A I know. friend I have back I in California through the, through the wanted to send me pictures from... of my old house, and it was like, please don't. I don't want to see it. So oh, is that man. all the turkeys you've had? Like, you're turkey-free for the winter now? Yeah, we don't have the only thing we have right now is our egg layers and our coonies, yep. coonie pigs. So one one less thing to do in the morning, right? Just good, <laughs> a little break. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you, are you guys gonna do beef cows again? Yeah, for sure. That's why I'm, I'm trying to. I, that's why I would love to get to a good point with the fencing. I mean, we've done it before without the fence, you know, just single wire, but. I don't know. I feel like I was pushing my luck. A peace of mind is everything in farming. I feel like it's true. <laughs> it's a good night's sleep. It's like doing what, all the all the stuff that you possibly can to contain them and not worrying about it. If I get beef cows again, I would like to just take my time with them and just like have them for a couple years. You know, not be such a hurry to butcher them because I feel like my grass is a lot better than what it was. Them, maybe sheep. I, I would like to do sheep too. Yeah, that's about it. I think. How old is your cow gonna be after when you guys bring him to butcher Ben? Will he be eighteen months, two years, or? Oh no, he's he was two years in October, so he's uh, what is that? Oh, wow. Twenty six okay. months, something like that. Um, we knew we wanted to take him up to two years just because he's a Jersey. Um, Jersey's you know he's not a beef right. cow, um, but. You know, I will say, like, I, I feel like I've been pretty upfront with this. Uh, it's going to suck putting him in the freezer. Um, like, I halter broke that cow. Uh, that cow knows me. That cow, like, he's happy to see me. Like, he's almost like a pet. And, you know, when we got him, I swore yeah. to myself, it's like, do not get attached to this animal. And wouldn't you know it? And it's like, man, the closer it's gotten... You know, I don't go out there as much to see him. I don't, you know, I, uh, I guess I'm distancing myself. And it's just like, you know what? Like, I'm not like this. I'm not like someone who gets super attached to their animals. But I'm going to, out of all the animals that we've put in the freezer, I'm going to have the hardest time with him. You know, it's, I worked with that cow every single morning. Yeah. Uh, the first, first, you know, six, eight months that it took to get him halter broke and trained up and how we were doing everything. 
it just like I think back to all that and it's like, man, it's like, what happened to me? Like, I, I've never been a, such a softie like this. And here I am just like, like if I had, you know, I, I probably shouldn't say this on a public thing, but if I had someone who also raised a steer the same way we raised ours and would want to trade and they process this one and I process theirs, I would do it in a heartbeat just so I don't have to look him in the eye and pull the trigger. But I mean, that, that's kind of, yeah, that goes with the territory. If you're, if you're going to do, if you're going to do animals like this, I mean, that's kind of the reason we got into this is because if something has to die for us to eat meat, I'll be the responsible one. I'll do it. But it doesn't mean it gets any easier, I guess. I suppose that the more we do this, that that's going to happen. You know, you don't think of it, that happening, but of really being attached to an animal. But with the cows, like you said, you have them for two plus years. So it's, yeah, especially when like time. ours, we have ours and, you know, we're six months old now, something like that. And yeah, you're with them twice a day anyways. Yep. Like you said, breaking them and yeah. So it's like a pig you have for six months, chickens, no attachment. Weeks. You can't really get attached yeah. to those kind of animals. Uh-uh. Right? No. no. Two years. I mean, I think what's I mean, hard I, I, is I might get I might get attached to my coonies. I don't know. They're too cute. Right. And the those that go to two years, how old do those get? The coonies. Yeah, they'll be like well, a year and a half, two years. Yeah, you'll be out there giving them belly scratches every morning and every evening. So yeah, that's gonna no, be, I know. that'll be a rough one. I know. One. I know before I go to bed I kiss them goodnight. I mean <laughs> 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 It's going to be hard. <laughs> There's going to be people like, Jason, how dare you? That's over the line. I know. I know. <laughs> so speaking of that, what you said you cared up your bacon this week. Have you seen a difference between your two different breeds that you guys did for your pig butchering on the bacon? Uh, the way it looks, yeah, there is quite a difference. The guinea hog is sloppy fat and the uh, the feeder pigs are like, they look like store-bought bacon. Uh, we haven't eaten any yet. Um, okay. We'll get to that. And I've still got to slice all this up and stuff like that. But, yeah, like, just just side-by-side side looking at it, it's like, holy mackerel. Like, there's, there's, like, two inches of fat on the guinea hog bacon. And then, you know, just a couple little strips of wow. meat. It's like, uh, we've, yeah. we found we like to cook our bacon in the oven. Um, you put it on a, you know, a bake pan on some parchment paper, and then, you know, the whole pan is ready all at once. It's a fast way to cook a lot of bacon. And I actually like it in the oven better because it, it, I don't know, it like crisps up the fat so you can eat the fat. It renders the fat different than doing it in a pan. So, um, yeah, I, I really like bacon cooked in the oven. So, you know, doing it that way, the guinea hog bacon, you can actually enjoy the fat a little bit more, in my opinion. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's still a lot of fat. Like I said, sloppy fat. <laughs> it's it's kind of, those are those uh, some fat little piggies. Sloppy fat good. <laughs> now, have you, you haven't done any cooney coonies yet, have you, Jason? No, we haven't done, nope. I wonder how much bacon and what kind of bacon you'll get from one of those. It'll probably much like it'll probably be like the guinea hogs, I imagine. But I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Everyone that I've talked to that has guinea, that, not guinea hogs, um, cooney coonies, and I don't know. I don't think I know anybody that has actually had a cooney cooney. Like they all, they're all ra- pets. people raise them. I feel like they're still kind of new. They're all pets. Yeah. Yeah, or they or they just got into them, you know, like Cooney Coonies. I feel like maybe in the last couple of years that people have started to raise more of them, but it takes so long to raise them. It hasn't reached the two year mark for most people. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Where's that breed come from? Uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay. Yeah, of course. I think they were almost extinct maybe 20 years ago, like not that long ago. Well, I think they were almost extinct and then people brought them back. Well, I think people in New Zealand, they, uh, from what I hear, I think some people have commented, um, like they just raise them on grass. Like they don't feed them nothing. I've thought about staying away from the, uh, the in vogue pigs. Um, but after eating the, uh, Mangalitsa 
like the meat was legitimately the best pork I've ever had. Um, I mean, it, it's all, it's more like beef. Uh, another pig I've thought about getting into, uh, is the, if you heard of those Chinese pigs, the Mishan pigs, that they're, they're like, I don't know, kind of, they remind me of a pot belly pig in kind of the way they're built. Um, they kind of have like a sagging back. They have rolls like a Sharpe and then their ears hang down. Um, they're supposed to be pretty good too. Mm. Um, but they can, from what I've heard, they can throw huge litters of like up to 28 or something like that, I think is what the record was. It's like, that's incredible. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. Not that I want that many pigs in one litter, yeah, but just, yeah, it'd be interesting just to try out different breeds and just to do it, you know, see what you like, see what tastes better, see how things cook. I mean, I think if, if, if you can, that would be cool. And then, you know, it's going to take years and then decide like, Oh, you know what? We tried that, you know, I like this certain pig. Like, I like the Berkshires that we had. Their temperament, man, they were so easygoing. They weren't loud at all. Uh, they were just super quiet. And they were just, they were easy. Like, they were pleasant. Pleasant pigs. Yeah, that's how it, uh, we had some Hampshire Berkshire crosses, and that's how I would describe them. They were just like they were super chill. Um, I mean, they were just yeah. they were pleasant pigs. You know, I'd go out there when it was hot and spray them down, and they they're like dogs. They'd sit there and you know get in the the water, and yeah. they're just super cool pigs. I, I I think back to those pigs, and it's like ah, I need to get some more of those. Those were they were good eating pigs, and they were. Uh, good pigs I, I wasn't worried about them yep. you know busting out and eating the eating the children now which ones were your yeah. berkshire were those the black ones you had back in uh yeah. it was like 21 i think yeah they were yeah. the black that was when you did the pig the pig port the first time then now how long did it take you to grow out your magnolitas or how long would it that take was... you to grow out ones that weren't because you're the breeder stocks right when you first get into them and they wouldn't breed or something yeah um we had them for two years, so they were they were still juveniles when we got them, um, and you know, putting them together and they won't breed and they won't breed and doing some serious research, and uh, basically they didn't even reach maturity until we'd had them about a year, and so uh, they can take like it's like thirteen to eighteen months to mature. And it was just like, okay, so we're in the ballpark. Well, they they were breeding. Like I've got videos on my phone of the deed being done. Um, we sh either the boar wasn't getting the job done, or uh, there was something wrong with the sow. I guess she'd be a guilt because she never actually farrowed. But I mean, like we saw it take place, but there was never any never any piglets. What age are they supposed to be for butchering? Are they a year old, two years normally? Uh, for those, I believe butcher? it is 24 months. It's got to be two two years to get to uh, like a market weight. Now, mind you, like by the time the two-year mark hit, uh, like those pigs were 350 pounds. So that's a decent size. But you go 24 months with like yeah. a Berkshire, like that's going to be a – 500 pound pig. Do you feed them much grain? Or is that mostly, they have to have a different diet. That's what I understand. The mangalitsas? Yeah. Uh, no, we, we fed them our, uh, regular pig ration. Um, we, uh, kept it lighter to kind of control their weight a little bit. Um, cause you know, you don't want your breeders to be too big. Otherwise they, uh, they crush piglets and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I, I, had them on a pretty slim ration up until, you know, we'd seen the deed be done every month for, you know, six months and nothing was happening. It was like, okay, change of plan. Now they're on the menu. So, uh, as soon as we did that, I, you know, I took about six months and just started pouring the grain into them and they bulked right up. Yeah. It was kind of encouraging. It's like, okay, you can keep them, you know, lean and they'll still grow. But then once you start putting the feed to them, they can really pack it on. And they weren't outrageously fat. 
Uh, I mean, they had a decent amount of fat, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like the Guinea hogs where it's, you know, two inches of fat. What kind of pigs have you done, Al? I've been meaning to ask you that. Sorry. Go ahead. Ours have always been mutts. There's a breeder around here. You ask him and he forgets how many different breeds are in his breeds, but... (laughs) It's like these Last pigs year we, we got. couldn't get them from them. Yeah, and the, and they've been awesome pigs. They've been, you know, they're. And he's like, you know, I he's he's always like, oh, I added this much more of this one so you can get like a, a longer loin this year and you'll have more more bacon and stuff. So wow. he was really into it, but he had an issue I think last winter with breeding, so we didn't get him from him last year. But yeah, he could he couldn't even tell you at the end. He was like, I lost him. Like, what breeds are these? He's like. I can tell you what breeds are in them, but I don't know how many or how much, like what the percentage is. One year we got some off of him and he had Magnolitza. It was like an eighth Magnolitza bred into him. And those are good. He only did that for like two years. And then after that, I guess a lot of people didn't like that for some reason. So Probably a temperament issue. But this year, yeah, I don't know. This year we got our pigs from piglets from somebody else. And they were the fussiest eaters. They would only eat grain. They would not eat vegetables. They would not eat raw milk. Wow. It, yeah. So I was going to get fall piglets, and the person, the lady called me up, and I was like, oh, no, I can't do it. I'm like, I want pigs that are going to be like my garbage disposal. And these yep. weren't. I've never had a pig that wouldn't eat vegetable scraps or milk. or The only thing they would eat is chicken eggs and grain. If you put anything else in their food dish, they would leave it. Even milk. Yep. Like what? That's how that's, that's how these feeder yeah. pigs were when we got them, but they eat everything now. But yeah, like when we got them, I'd dump a whole bucket of food scraps out there and they walk over and kind of snort at it and look at me like, "What do you expect me to do with this? Where's the grain?" But they oh, they've since, milk. you know, changed their ways. You wonder what that is. You wonder if that's like bred in them or if it's that's how they were that's how they initially were raised with yeah. just the grains and these so they would, don't know any They would root, like we had them out on pasture, we had them out in the woods, they would root, they would dig up, you know, the woods and everything, but they wouldn't touch vegetables or milk. I was just like, Come on. I've never had a pig yeah. that way before. I mean we've even raised one year we raised a pink pig. And that the pink pigs were amazing. They were, you know what I mean. They ate. They were scavengers, and they dug in the ground. And so I don't know garbage disposal makes them that way or not. So you guys doing anything special, or you guys do anything special for Thanksgiving? I, well, I, well, first of all, I guess by the time this podcast goes out, we, we already have Thanksgiving. So, right, so happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to everybody. Yes, happy Thanksgiving Before to we everybody. Right. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. We go to Gina's parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, we go over there. But that's that's about it for our extent. I'll probably be working in the morning. I don't know. I I can't stop working. <laughs> yeah. Amen, brother. Just another day. Right. <laughs> Give thanks. Yeah, just another day, I guess. Another day at the office. Right. What do you guys do? Anything? Are you cooking any like certain food or anything you look other than turkey that you look forward to? Turkey. I think just turkey. Turkey. We might we might dip into that that two year old ham though. <laughs> the prosciutto. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Nice. I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look good up there. I don't know. I <laughs> saw it. I think it looks fine. Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, we'll see. I don't know. Hey, if you don't want it, all I can say is. Don't just go feed it to the chickens. Like, call me. I'll come get it. I I got the deli slicer. Like, I can I can figure out some way to eat that thing. Like, I got the bandsaw down in the barn. Like a deli slicer. Like we could we could figure it out. Sawn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're cracking open a safe. <laughs> Have you weighed it to see how much weight it's lost over the two years? No, I I didn't. I think I have it. Listed, I, I want to say it was like 20 pounds when initially at first, because I but I haven't weighed it. I, I, I wouldn't, I didn't like weigh it throughout. I just, we just left it hung, we just hung it and just left it because we'll, like, we'll see. Isn't there like a rule of thumb? Like basically, you want to lose so much percentage of its weight so that way you know it's like most of the moisture's out or 
something. Yeah, forty percent. Forty percent. Okay. So you want it to be like twelve pounds now? If it was twenty pounds, kind of thing. Yep. Well, we did another. We cured another ham of this last spring, and it started to get maggots on it. Ew. <laughs> we had to throw it out. Yeah, we've we've lost two like that. Kind it's of a shame. That. That's why down here they this climate because you guys gotta be pretty hot. Yeah, uh, down here they they used to do a thing called country hams, and they're buried in salt. Um, yep, a lot more salt. Like the it, they're kind of like a I don't know, it's like a quick and dirty prosciutto, if you will. Um, you know, th- that's why there was a lot more smoked hams and stuff like that down here. Come to find out, you know, we're down here trying to do prosciuttos and we've lost two to, you know, flies. And it's like, well, how the heck did the old timers do it? Well, the old timers didn't make prosciuttos. They made country hams and smoked hams and, you know, a lot of heavy, heavy cure on stuff. A lot of salt, make it unpalatable to all these little bugs. And they would do it all in, you know, December, January when it's freezing cold outside. Now, they did a lot of, I like the country hams, like sugar and salt. And they would just yeah, have so, like, I just remember seeing like old videos. They just had like sheds that were just full of like salt and they would just leave them in there. It seems like forever hanging. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you pack them on salt and it's, I mean, it's a long time. You keep them just packed on salt. And then after, you know, you're happy with the amount of cure, they'll keep like indefinitely on salt uh, in cooler, cooler weather. Then you pull them out, wash off all the salt, pack them with your, you know, sugar and salt and whatever, you know, kind of rub you want on them. And then you can smoke them or let them dry or, you know, it's, it's just up to you. There's, there's a million recipes for making country hams. Every family's got their own recipe and yeah. every region of the country in the South has a different recipe. So it's just like, there's a lot of ways to do it. Come to find out you can get twisted off on this, uh, studying about meat and preserving meat. It's a, it's been a rabbit hole. I think both me and Meg have been gone down for the past two years. You got to find like an old neighbor that's like eighties or something and <laughs> have him teach you his ways. If you can find them. Right. Yeah. yeah if you can find them. <laughs> I, I talked to my old neighbor back before he passed away. I was like, hey, do you know anything about country hams? And he's like, yeah, they're real salty. It's like, well, how'd you make them? Oh, I don't know. That was my dad's thing. Just like, oh, no help. Gotcha. Well, well, cool, guys. I think, well, we're at an hour. We made it. Perfect. So, yeah. So I hope everyone had an awesome Thanksgiving and um, Christmas is here, I guess. And uh, Crazy. <laughs> already. And hopefully every everyone's driving around. Going to shopping, listening to our podcast <laughs> at the same time. I appreciate everyone listening and watching. And if you have not, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, or leave us a, a comment or a review on Spotify, iTunes, and all any podcast apps that you're listening at. And we appreciate you listening and watching. And I hope you guys have an awesome weekend and week. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. See you guys later.